It's about leading with compassion, putting people first, but knowing that's not at the sacrifice of running a really successful organization. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever, and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. When Vimeo launched in 2004, it was pretty much a competitor to YouTube, a place for people to share video content. But in 2017, under the leadership of a new CEO, Vimeo completely changed its strategy. It pivoted to become a software-as-a-service company, offering tools for individual creators like filmmakers or small businesses like yoga studios to actually produce their own content. The strategy was successful, and in 2021, the company went public. That's when it hired its first-ever chief people officer, my guest today, Crystal Boysen. Crystal joined Vimeo one year ago after serving as global head of people for Canva, the global graphic design firm, an opportunity that took her all the way to Sydney, Australia. Prior to that, she was global head of talent for Hitachi Ventara, a data storage and software company. She's also held HR leadership roles at medical technology company Terumo BCT and the startup Echo Park Automotive. She has such a wide range of experience, and I'm excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So for listeners out there who aren't familiar with everything that Vimeo does, would you briefly explain the company and its mission? Of course. I think in the simplest form, a Vimeo is a video experience platform. And really what that means, it's it's a, a platform that enables literally anyone uh, to create high quality video experiences that connect folks better, um, human to human and, and bring ideas to life. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, like the world is changing and the way we express ourselves needs to change with it. And video um, can really elevate human expression. And so uh, we all could do more in a, a better connected and productive world. And, and we think video is the, the key to that. So that's that's the, the mission and vision in a nutshell. I mean, you have quite a diverse background in terms of your work experience, including risk and advisory services, consulting. You and I both worked at Deloitte actually at the same time way back in the day. You've been automotive, medical equipment, analytics, communications, design. Um, so how did you find your way to Vimeo and what inspires you to stay there? Yeah, I mean, I, I really have almost done it all, haven't I? Very diverse background, a, a very non-linear path to, to where I am today. I think uh, when I look back at the common threads, though, of like all the different experiences and places I've worked, I think um, a couple things stand out and it's ultimately the same things that led me to Vimeo. And that's the, the mission and vision of the company. Like I need to believe, like, you know, especially in our role, Michelle, like how important it is to, to believe in the mission and vision and where, where you're headed and what you're trying to, the change you're trying to bring about in the world. Same with the, the culture, the values, the things your company believe in and stand for. To me, Vimeo is a very um, principle-based or values-based organization. And for me, that's really important that we align at that higher level. Like we care deeply about diversity and inclusion and equity, um, social impact and sustainability ability. Those things are really important to me. And then of course, like the third thing for me is 
I need to make an impact. Like I'm someone who has to roll up their sleeves. I want to leave a thumbprint. I want to know that I've built and created something that's having a really positive impact on employees. Um, and I'm getting to do all those things and more at Vimeo. And so that that's what brought me here. And also, you know, what what's keeping me here as well. You were at Canva previously. Yeah. And did you move to Australia for that role? We did. Yes. Yeah. So picked up, moved the entire family. Uh, at the time, my kids were one and three. So I would not recommend that, you know, cross Pacific flight <laughs> with kids that age. We vowed we were never like, we're like, well, we'll live in Australia the rest of our life. We are never taking that flight again. Um, but of course, the, the the pandemic hit shortly after we moved and that, that changed things. So we moved back from Australia to Denver, um, which is where I'm based today uh, in uh, early or late 2021. How did you do the pandemic and the move with such young children? Oh, not well. Uh, you know, it, it was stressful for everyone for their own reasons. I mean, I think for us, the hardest part was being, you know, literally away from family and not having, we, we couldn't leave Australia because we were on visas. Um, so that was the hardest part, just feeling so isolated from family during that time um, and not being able to travel at all. And actually a really tough part was our dogs got, we got, st- got stuck in the U.S. So we actually couldn't bring our dogs over. Um, so that felt like our family was never fully complete. We have two rescue mutts um, that are a big part of our family. And so not having our dogs for those two years was really difficult as well. Well, those are your children. I know. Yep, yep, yep. I know sometimes I'm like, I'm sorry, kids, that the dogs are getting fed first or like more cuddles, you know, but it is what it is. So I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy for HR people. Um, So I saw on your LinkedIn profile that your favorite quote is, you don't build a business, you build people and the people build the business. So one, I completely agree with you. I mean, as a chief people officer for as many years as I have been too, it's, you know, it's all about the people. And that's usually what keeps people at a job, right? Your boss, your people, your coworkers, and the business is going to go on, but it, the, the people are the ones that are working their butts off. There's a lot of quotes out there. So why is this one, you know, mean so much to you? The foundation of a business is the people. It's the people, the people and the team, they're doing the work. And like without the people, you would have no business. And, and, and I think that's what we sometimes forget about. And what I think is really important in our roles in particular is that it's really an, and situation, not an or situation, meaning you can build a successful business while treating your team members really well and treating them with compassion and putting like kind of having a people first mentality. And I think for me, it's about just really waking up and, and thinking about how do I want the team to feel coming to work? Like we often think about like the experiences, but like thinking about the feelings we want to evoke when people come to work, just kind of shifts your mindset a bit and allows you to make decisions that feel like you're putting people first in those decisions and that you're making them feel valued, recognized for their contributions, while also giving them flexibility to make work work for them. Because I think that's really important, um, you know, in, in today's day and age. And so I think that to me is like the part of why I think that quote stands out to me so much. It's about leading with compassion, putting people first, but knowing that's not at the sacrifice of running a really successful organization. So I like the thinking about it as and how does that show up in your culture? Well, for Vimeo, we are, as I mentioned, like a very principles based organization. And so I think it's bringing that to life. Like one of our key principles is, is be real. So like how we just talk to our employees, we treat them like humans, like shocker, that's not rocket science, but like often we just don't even, you don't make them feel like humans. And you're like, this is a human being that's like choosing to be here and to, to spend a lot of hours, you know, and time away from their family or whatever else is important to them at work. And so I think for us, it's like creating, we really, 
really try to be intentional at Vimeo about creating experiences that make people believe um, and see the value of what we think is important. So being real, treating each other like humans and, and you know, being transparent and authentic, a bit vulnerable. Aiming high is another value which we you know really bring to life at Vimeo that I think defines our culture is we have really ambitious goals and OKRs and a, and a lofty uh, product roadmap, but like that that's what excites us and like are some drivers of our of our culture. So at Topsol, we, we're very similar culture in that sense. So, you know, we talk a lot about our cultural attributes around transparency, collaboration, accountability, being revealing and challenging. Yeah, I like that. I mean, another one that stands out to me is, you know, our start with our customers. Like, so we, we always like think about the customer first and we bring a lot of customer stories into our global uh, meetings. We call them uh, SOTV, State of the Vimeos, where, you know, we have our, our global get together and we, we always, you know, share lots of customer stories, talk about how our work impacts the customer and, you know, ask why I think is another important one. We're a very like inquisitive organization that we're like, okay, why are we doing this? Should we be doing it this way? How can we do it better? And I think that shows up culturally, which, you know, is something that I really value as well. Yeah, very, very similar. So I know, I mean, at TopTel, we're fully remote. Um, you know, we've always been remote since the day we started, which makes us really a driven, inspiring, understanding is culture, you know, is really key to our success. So how would you describe the culture then at Vimeo based on these values that you're talking about, you know, and how does that contribute to the company's success? Yeah, I think, well, so we are a hybrid organization. So that is, you know, an added layer of complexity. We have folks that are fully remote, some that are what we call flex, which means they live close enough to an office that they can pop in whenever they choose. And then we do have some dedicated, you know, in-office roles. So folks that are are in office a majority of the week. Um, So I think that's an interesting cultural dynamic that we still haven't 100% solved for. um, Because again, you know, we're, we, like every other organization, is kind of figuring it out as we go. Um, but the things that we are trying to be really intentional around for our culture is primarily our principles. Like, again, anchoring in those and those being our North Star that we always know, like, whatever decisions we're making, how does it tie back to are we, you know, keeping our customers in mind? Are we asking why? Are we aiming high? Are we owning it? That's another one, like a high level of accountability. That's really important for our culture. And then, of course, you know, the being real, are we seeking seeking feedback and listening and, and giving it generously to others as well. I think part of our role in the people team is to create those intentional experiences because often you're like, oh, culture will just kind of happen. And, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think we have to be very intentional about creating the culture we want. Um, and you do that, in my mind, through creating experiences where employees come, they experience something, whether it's the way a meeting was conducted, the way they were onboarded, the way that they view that their performance is evaluated or whatever it may be. It's those experiences that then they're like, wow, Vimeo really values this. Therefore, I believe this value is important. And I'm in turn going to, you know, uh, be a multiplier of the culture. And so to me, that's kind of what creates the intentional culture is creating those experiences. Yeah. One of the things that we've done is um, we do culture interviews. So people that are interviewing at the company, they go through the process and then they have a culture interview with somebody that's not in their direct line. So not somebody that would be on their team necessarily, but somebody at the company to say, you know, so they're not feeling like they're being judged. They can actually ask questions about, their cultural experience, what's the real culture like? And I, you know, it's funny because some people are like, do we really need to do these? And I said, it's actually more for the candidate because I want the candidate to really get to ask their questions and not feel like they're being judged by someone that could be their manager or on their same team. And it's really to say, you know, 
this is what I've learned during my interviews, or this is what I've read on your webpage. Cause we post our cultural attributes on our, on our webpage to say like, Oh, you know, how does revealing or how does challenging, what does this transparency look like? Are they really this way? Or, and, and what are your experiences? So that's very much that. And then when we do peer reviews, we actually also have people rate each other on, on how they mimic the culture. I love that. that. That cultural piece comes to life through, you know, those experiences. And one that you kind of mentioned was the performance or the review process. And we do kind of a crowd or peer feedback. We do upward feedback where employees give their manager feedback and, and of course, the manager and self-review. And as part of that, we we include, like, how is this person living our principles on a day-to-day basis? Um, so that is part of our performance evaluation process as well. Yep. Very similar. Absolutely. So I know diversity, equity, and inclusion are important to you and Vimeo and that the company is invested in a lot of those programs related with policies, events, trainings. What are some of the highlights that you know, you've done over the last couple of years? Because I know you guys have been doing this for quite a while. I think since 2016, I read. I would love to be like, stand up here and say, we are the beacon of like the gold standard across diversity, inclusion, and equity. Can we always do better? Yes. Am I proud of some of the progress that we've made? Absolutely. So that's another, you know, and situation here. You know, I think for us, we do truly believe in diversity. And we think that diversity in thought and backgrounds across, you know, our team will lead us to better outcomes. So I think it, it starts with like truly believing in it. Um, and we now have a really, we do have a pretty diverse team in terms of like 40% of our uh, workforce is outside of the US now. Um, and it's in countries including India and Israel, Ukraine, UK, Singapore, Australia. So, you know, just with those stats alone, we already have a, a diverse workforce, but we, we know that we still want to make progress in very specific areas. Um, I think... Over the last year, we've moved the needle in the right direction. One place that I'm really proud of that I can um, say with confidence is our C-suite. Now it's comprised of 44% women, which in tech is pretty good. We also really invest in our, what we call our employee community groups, our ECGs. Um, so they're really you know, meant to be a resource, a point of connection, a source of community uh, for underrepresented groups and their families and allies. A lot of the work over the last year, the ECGs have really driven, which I love to see. They put on like... 40 plus events ranging from discussions around pay equity, microaggressions and what those look like, mental health, um, to learning about like climate change impacts and natural disasters to like more fun things like uh, cocktail classes from black owned businesses and things like that. So keeping progress and moving forward and always pushing ourselves to do better in the space is like what I am, am most proud of. And I also, you know, a shout out to our ECGs. I think over the last year plus, they've donated over almost 80,000 to nonprofits that support and empower, you know, diverse communities and um, several minority and like women owned businesses. So they're just doing some fantastic work that I can't take any credit for, but I'm really proud to, to say that I'm, you know, part of the Vimeo team that has these ECGs. That's awesome. And I know that, you know, you give Vimeo employees equity stakes in the company. I saw some statistic from Morgan Stanley that this is a benefit that fewer than half of public companies offer to non-executives. How has that helped you, you know, attract and retain talent? Yeah. And it's important to us and it, it aligns with our principles of own it. Like we want everyone to feel like they're an owner of our company. They can determine our destiny and our outcome and they have a huge impact to it. And we want them to be rewarded for that. So I think, you know, for us, it's a, it's, it's, it's an ownership and an accountability and a reward for, for our team members. So I do, you know, I do think we get positive feedback from candidates and employees. They like that 
sense of ownership and pride and driving the outcomes of our business um, and being able to reap the rewards of that. So it's been really beneficial. And of course, like, yeah, I don't know, probably a lot of companies right now, we've had to reevaluate our equity program over the last year, given the, the shifting external market. Um, so it's something that we, you know, are constantly kind of looking at and reevaluating to say, like, how do we make our, you know, employees feel valued and appreciated? Equity is one lever. Cash comp is another lever. Non-cash, uh, things like through other recognition programs and growth and development opportunities or other. But um, yeah, we do feel pretty strongly in equity and keeping that piece for every single employee being an owner of our, of our company is important to us. I'd like to shift a little bit, something that you just started to mention. Clearly we're seeing an economic slowdown, right? And it's more like a slowdown and a roller coaster at the same time. What trends are you seeing emerging? I mean, especially with every day, some large tech company is doing massive layoffs. You know, it's it's interesting. So obviously with the the layoffs and whatnot, we are seeing uh, a trend with voluntary attrition starting to slow. Um, and predictions that I'm reading anyways are seeing that we'll continue to see that voluntary attrition slowing through 2023, um, which ultimately results in less hiring. And I think while that's, you know, not great news for the economy, I think the silver lining that I like to look at and remind my team of is that when hiring slows, you see a shift an ability to focus even more on diversity um, in your hiring and just overall diversity initiatives. And along with kind of focusing on, all right, well, we have fewer hires. Let's make sure that the quality of hire and who we who we bring into the org, we knock it out of the park. So I think there is a little bit of silver lining that that is, you know, one shift that I see. Um, I think the other shift is in what we were just talking about is in our in how companies are approaching their total rewards philosophies when the cash-based compensation or equity might not be as enticing in this environment. It forces our hands, which again, I think is there's some silver lining in this too, is that companies need to shift their focus to other ways to provide value to our employees. Um, So I'm excited to actually see what like that will challenge organizations to do. Cause I think there's so much we could do for retention around, you know, increasing recognition, recognition programs, um, offering more growth and, and development opportunities, doubling down on learning and like growth and, and, um, you know, internal mobility. So all those things, like I do think, um, a lot of these, you know, trends maybe don't seem positive at face value. I, you know, I do think that they can create some positive outcomes for, for employees and the organizations. Yeah. I think, you know, what we did is when the great resignation was underway and everybody was leaving and it was so hard to get great talent, which was not even a year ago. We started focusing internally and it's like, okay, let's focus on internal mobility so people can feel like they can have a whole other career at TopTel without having to leave. Now, ironically, we saw a lot of boomerang because I saw a lot of people leaving thinking the grass was greener and then wanting to come back. But we also started focusing on intern programs and hiring juniors and training up and offering more skills and and coaching and all those type of things to, you know, really upskill who we have versus trying to fight the fight out there, which now weirdly nine months later, there's all these people out there. So um, all these good people, unfortunately. Yeah, there's some really incredible talent out in the market, but I I agree with you. Like when possible, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for building talent from within. I think creating those opportunities, you know, I, at Vimeo specifically, I can tell you the the number one driver of engagement from our employees based on their feedback through our engagement survey is, you know, I have opportunity for growth and development here. Um, and then the 
same is true uh, for the number one reason people leave Vimeo is because of lack of perceived opportunities for growth and development, right? So all that, like my takeaway from that is growth and development is really important and career opportunity and advancement and having, um, you know, opportunities to grow your career is the thing our, our employees are telling us they care about most and matters most to them. So, you know, regardless of kind of the economic environment, that's something we need to focus on. But I think it, it brings it even more to the forefront given where we're at today with the economy. You wrote in an article a year ago that traditional talent search isn't working, so we need tech that will help us dig deeper and think differently about the type of talent we're looking for. You know, look, I think I get frustrated when I think about traditional searches and like how we've thought about talent and bringing people into an organization. Um, Cause it's like, people are not the sum of bullets of their resume, or they're not like the sum of like a keyword search in LinkedIn or your, you know, your, your ATS, your applicant tracking system. So for me, you know, I think what's important is we really want to find the right candidates based on like these attributes um, that maybe we, they aren't as obvious at face value. Like I think there's a lot more to the finding the right fit and the right addition to your organization than again, their experiences. And I know there's some research out there that points to like, Past experience actually isn't the best predictor of on-the-job success in a new role. And so, you know, I'm on a quest to figure out, well, what are those, (laughs) what would be that predictive factor for us, you know? And I think for me, it's about a lot around what are they going to bring to the table in terms of like the softer skills around a candidate's upside and aptitude to drive our initiatives forward, to come in and be a problem solver. Um, And, you know, I think for us equally being able to better articulate to candidates around what's it truly like going to be like to work here um, is equally as important. So it goes both ways. Um, so I think, you know, for me, it's, I was on a quest at the beginning of last year when we were, we had so many open recs, we were hiring, we couldn't hire fast enough. So I was really on this search for new and different tools and technology to help us um, really kind of think about sourcing candidates differently. A year ago, we were really, going against, you know, top companies with like excessive comp, like we can't compete against a Netflix or a Google or some of those other fang companies that pay extraordinary salaries. And so it's also trying to get to like, what is our value proposition and how do we go find candidates that really help fit that? And, you know, some tools that I was really intrigued by that are kind of newer to market. One was find them. Um, and they do like a really unique Boolean attribute search that gets like deeper into the psyche of people and, and candidates, um, not just the bullets on LinkedIn. Um, and you know, of course there's like seek out and knack and the muse and stuff. So we've been just like trying to explore some tech to really help us unlock here. Cause there's something to unlock that we just can't have quite like haven't quite solved for yet. We started using crystal nose. It's disc basically. And it helps you if you look at somebody's profile on LinkedIn, it shows you where they are based on their LinkedIn wording and profile. So it'll say if they're a D or an I. And so it then gives you tips, for instance, if you're a recruiter on how best to reach out to that person. That would be helpful. I think I really, I'm gonna have to explore that. You've given me a couple of good pointers on this, on this chat already. Um, I'm a high ID and I know I'm very aware of my bias towards other D's um, in particular, but I have been more intentional to try to round out the team a little bit more. And we actually, uh, at our first offsite of this, of 
well, actually it was of last year, brought my people leadership team together and we did DISC. And I, I can proudly say we had a nice mix across all the letters. We've been doing a lot of that at all of our offsites as well. So yes, we love that Vimeo backs employees' charitable donations. Can you tell our audience a little more about this initiative and the organizations that you've assisted? I'd say our big focus of 2022 was to support Ukraine. You know, following the invasion from Russia, um, and we had 87 team members in Ukraine when the war started. Last year, it was literally about how do we best support Ukraine? What can we do for not only our team members, but the broader, you know, uh, country itself? And so we used our matching platform and program and raised over $50,000 for um, various nonprofits aiding Ukraine, um, seeking safety and relocation support was sort of the emphasis. And our funds were distributed to UNICEF, International Medical Corps, um, the U.S. Association for um, UNHCR. That's what I'm most proud of is we, we wanted to just support Ukraine, our teammates there and the country overall. So that was a big effort. And then, as I mentioned, I think previously, our ECGs have been incredible in raising what was almost $80,000. And those went to um, some really great organizations. Like I know we, we did some, a really cool event with the first tech fund to kind of introduce younger folks to opportunities that, that the career, different career opportunities. It was almost like speed dating. We had it in our office and that was pretty cool. Um, we also did a lot for, um, BIPOC filmmakers, you know, at Vimeo, our, our, the heart of how we were created was in the creative community and filmmaking community. Um, so we did a lot to promote our BIPOC filmmakers and um, featured them at like internal event um, screening events and things like that. Um, so did some special Olympics work. So we have just a bunch of various organizations that we try to support and do activities through. But again, I think most proud of what we've what we've done for Ukraine and continue to do for Ukraine. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. So what did you say? Forty some percent were international. Yeah. And we're probably about 80%. So for us, when we open a job, we can open it anywhere in the world because we've never had an office. So therefore, for us, because we've been remote since for almost 13 years, we've always just hired the best talent no matter where they are. And so it's very interesting when you have just like the Ukraine and you have things that happen in different countries. You know, we have a bunch of people in the Philippines and there's been tsunamis and these things that, you know, natural disasters as well. And so it's just... It's interesting that you have to watch all these different crazy scenarios that happen that you that are so far from home, but yet so close to you as a company and a community. Yeah. And it's 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 so hard, though, to also you want to do as much as you can. But being so far you know, across the world, um, it's you know, you it's hard to feel like you can do enough. And I think that's the struggle I've had this year, especially with Ukraine. It is, it's incredible, but it's also sometimes heartbreaking. I the challenges and like it's hard. I, I can't say I, I've ever been in a situation like those employees have. I feel like I'm learning so much from our international teams and offices. Absolutely. As we're getting to the end here today, I, I have a question for you. So I am an avid reader. Uh, you cannot see all my bookshelves over here, but I love to ask my guests if there's any book that positively impacted your leadership or something that you, you know, refer to your team or coworkers or things like you have to read this. Absolutely. I actually just read one that I, I loved um, and it had a bit of an organizational design slant to it and talked about um, creating kind of an operating system uh, for an organization to flourish. And I, I loved it. It was called Brave New Work by Aaron Dignan. 
And I, I would highly recommend it. It was a great read. Oh, I don't know that one. I need to look that up. He founded an organization called The Ready. Um, we actually partner with them with some executive coaching and um, help us kind of on team dynamics at our leadership level. Phenomenal organization. But I'd read the book first and then I reached out to them to being like, hey, do you want to work with us? Because I'm really liking what I'm reading here. So brave new work. Got it. Awesome. Well, this has been a awesome conversation. Um, I'd love to wrap up with one final question. Um, what has been your proudest moment as a leader? What makes me most proud is um, watching my team members that have worked for me or with me just like flourish in their career and like grow and develop. Like nothing makes me more proud as when someone that I've worked with goes off to do big, wonderful things. Like I always say the, the best accomplishment and the thing I'd be most proud of is that someday I'm working for one of them, you know, kind of thing. Like, um, so watching them just take off is something that like, ultimately, I don't know if it's like has to do with being a mom too, but just like watching someone that you've worked with just like blossom and, you know, it's hard watching amazing talent leave. And that might be what happens, right? You've, if you've done your job well, they're off onto like bigger and better things, hopefully within your organization, but it could be elsewhere. And I think that was a big like turning point for me in my career was like, I used to be a bit of a talent hoarder. Like you found someone good and you couldn't like pull them out of my grip. Um, and I think as with age and all the things like now, now I'm like, Oh, watch the, watching them grow and blossom and move on is, is something that makes me incredibly proud. I love that. I can relate to that. I love that. Crystal, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot and taken some notes from you. Same. I have, I've got like a couple key takeaways, some things I'm going to take back to the team. So thank you, Michelle. It was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about The Talent Economy on staffing.com and toptel.com slash insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work. 